Welcome to Chill How We Chat, the Maryville College podcast. Our guest today is Randy Lambert, who recently concluded his 39th and final season at the helm of the Maryville College basketball program. Randy, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Now, Randy, you grew up in Maryville mm -hmm. and in this community. Mm -hmm. Did you always know you would go to Maryville College as a student? <laughs> no. You know, like uh, most aspiring uh, high school basketball players, you always wanted to... Uh, have that opportunity to play at a big school. Um, I, you know, I, I really, I grew up on this campus though. Um, there was many times that uh, Eldria Hurst, the old uh, security officer would, uh, he was kind enough to let me stay, but he would always ask me to leave when it was time to shut down the gym <laughs> or something. Uh, there used to be an old gym sitting uh, between Fair, Bartlett and Fairweather and it was always available. It was so convenient uh, for the local people to come over and play. So I enjoyed that. And uh, I went to school with Coach Boydson Baird's children. Uh, Faith was a friend of my older sister's. And then um, Weldon and Annie uh, both attended Maryville High School where I went to school. So I got to know them and I knew Coach Baird uh, just through that connection and uh, you know coach talked to me about coming over and playing and uh, I felt like it was the right thing to do. And you developed a strong relationship with him over the years. Tell me more about that. Absolutely no question. Um, coach Barrett is one of the finest men I've ever met. Um, I, I felt like uh, I'm very fortunate to have him come into my life. Um, you know, we, we didn't get it as students here. Uh, I mean, people people wondered, well, why doesn't Coach give more time to his sport? Well, he was part of the uh, older generation that back in those days, you know, the coaches not only were in charge of two or three sports, but also had to teach and had to uh, handle majors within the physical education department. I, I was trying to remember, but I think somewhere around my junior year here at the college, which would have been around 74, 75, uh, Coach Baird was athletic director, head football coach, head basketball coach, head baseball coach, and then taught three or four classes, did intramurals. I mean, he did it all. I don't know how he had enough time in a day. But uh, we did spend a lot of time together as students here, but I got to know him much better after I graduated and then came back as a coach because he was always around and, and, and we were glad to have him around. When you were a player here as a student, did you know that you would come back one day? Did that ever cross your mind? Uh, not really. Um, you know, I, I've always believed in the mission of Maryville College. Uh, I, I think we do a great job of, uh, of preparing young people to move on to that next phase of life. And, uh, you know, I left here again with aspirations. Um, and it's amazing how your goals will change as you grow older in life. Um, but, uh, you know, there was a time when I first left. Of course, I, I went the natural route of most coaches uh, from playing to going to the high school level 
and then hopefully moving on from there. And I was down at Lenore City High School, uh, you know, 45 minutes from here. And uh, this job opened up. And, and I thought, yeah, I'll throw my name in the hat. I was 25 years old. And I thought, I don't have a chance to get it. But, uh, you know, it, Brick Brams uh, was the vice president at that time. And he was part of the interview process. And we always, uh, there was connection there, you know. And uh, they called on for me the job. And so uh, that was in 1980. So I took the job and the rest is history. What challenges did you face early on as a young coach? Here. Oh, well, the first challenge was in 1980-81, my first season. Again, I was 25 years old. Well, there was a player or two that were my age. Oh, wow. And they actually knew me as a student. Um, so there was a little bit of a crossover there. And, um, you know, uh, having to deal with, with people that were your own age, uh, making them... Uh, followed the discipline and, and so on. It, it got a little intense at times. Um, you know, there was they were testing me uh, like, like most players do. And, uh, you know, I had a good group that first year and that helped me uh, sort of get the ball rolling. Um, the uh, second year, um, I only had seven players returning um, and it uh, basically was starting all over, um, and and it was a tough year because we we only won seven ball games. And as a young aspiring coach, you're thinking, oh, I've just dug myself a deep hole. But it, it uh, you know we got better from there, and uh, you know I, there were always challenges. Uh, the same things that they go through today: the budget limitations, dealing with travel. Uh, making sure that your guys are doing what they're supposed to do in the classroom and that they're behaving uh, outside of the classroom. So same same basic challenges, just a, a different generation of kids. Once the program started to gain momentum, as you said, and sort of improved, what, what are some steps that you took to strengthen it um, as each year went by? Well, it, it's... Um, you know, you can know all the X's and O's in the world, but you better have some players that, that know how to play. And and I think that was one of the things that, that we were able to do. Uh, the first thing was to establish credibility. Um, and, and, you know, that took some time. And, and we were very fortunate to have a group of players. Really, I feel like I felt like we – sort of made the next big step in 1984-85. And that was a group of guys that I had brought in as freshmen and had stayed in the program. And, um, you know, they were able to win the regular season Old Dominion Athletic Conference Championship, which was the first ODAC championship that the college had won. And, and so people started noticing the program from that point on. Uh, the next thing was uh, probably when I added Kelvin Richardson to the program. Kelvin was like a playground legend here locally. And it really gave us credibility when people found out that, oh, Kelvin's coming to Maryville College and play for Maryville. And he had an outstanding career. And he was part of the 91-92 uh, team that, that made it to the round of eight 
in, in the country. So uh, I think we ended up that year ranked sixth in the country. Um, but uh, that that helped, and it's it's just all about getting the right players in here and making sure that it's the right fit, and and we've been able to do that, and it's been a lot of fun. How did your coaching philosophy change over the years from when you started at the age of 25 to just this most recent season? Well, you, you um, as I said, the first issue is getting the right players in. Um, once you get the players in, then I think uh, I've always been a coach to try to adapt our system to meet the players' strengths. You know, it's not just, okay, we're going to play up-tempo this year. you got to have players that can do that. If you're going to play up-tempo, you better have a good point guard, somebody that can run the show for you out front. So um, I felt like we did a good job of that. I mean, for the most part, we have tried to play up-tempo. We've, um, you know, the fans like seeing that kind of game. Uh, But also – um, you know, we've tried to play a good, tough man-to-man defense, and we've had players that have bought into that. So it, it, it's all about buy-in. You know, you got to get the players to believe in in what you're trying to do out there, and we've been able to convince players to do that. Um, you know, they like to win, and they're willing to pay that price because it, it is. It's about sacrifice. It's you know, I tell them all the time, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. And uh, so we had to invest time. But our players worked hard at it. Um, I think one of the things that we tried to t- do up front is make sure that they understood the importance of getting their life in order first. It's hard to be a good player if you're not doing what it takes off the court. And, and that goes from training and eating right, sleeping right, and getting your academics taken care of. So, um, you know, we, we try to just sell that total uh, package, and, you know, we were very fortunate to have players that would buy into the process. In addition to coaching, you were the college's athletic director for more than two decades, and you're credited with this high standard for the athletics department. What was your vision for the Scots? Well, um, you know, Coach Baird and and, all, and and I was fortunate enough to know J.D. Davis a little bit. Um, never knew Lombie Honaker, but heard great stories about him. Um, another old coach, Sharon Brown, I thought did an, an outstanding job in establishing women's athletics for Maryville College. Um, but I tried to take from those people the things that they did right, and just build on it. Um, you know, the first thing I wanted to do is is I wanted to give the athletes a quality experience. And, you know, most of the time that takes a, an investment from the college. Um, I mean, there was a day that all of the coaches drove the vans. Uh, there was a day that we didn't stop to eat a pre-game meal on the road, we took sack lunches. Yeah, and so it was It was time for the college to invest in their student athletes to give them a more quality experience. And I had the administration that was very willing to do that. And that started typically as AD, 
you answer to the vice president of student development or the dean of students. So I had a lot of good people there, starting with Jane Richardson, Sue Wyatt, Bill Seymour, Vandy Kemp, Melanie Tucker now. I mean, so we've we've had a few that have um, blessed, um, you know, our college. But um, I think we had the right kind of administration. But I wanted to give the athletes a quality experience. And I'm just one of those guys that I don't think you really learn about how to to do things the right way if you're not winning. You know, you need to win. I think lo- all losing does is support bad habits and because that's why you're losing. So, uh, you know, I wanted them to feel good about the experience and I wanted them to be competitive. And that's what we worked to do. Had a lot of good coaches that uh, were, were ready to uh, go to work and make that happen. I think if we interviewed any of your players from over the years, they would be able to share lots of things that they had learned from you. <laughs> what did you learn from your players, well, uh, though? You know, that's that's what's great about coaching a team sport is the players learn a lot together about each other, but they also learn a lot about themselves. You know, because it's a relationship and it's a it's a it's a real cooperative effort and and it's the same thing um in regards to coaches i I hope that i have taught my players a lot of things and not just about winning basketball but you know that will carry over to them i tried to be uh, a good husband and a good father so that they could see that a lot of them didn't have a father figure at home i mean i've had teams where two-thirds of them really didn't have a dad in their life. And and did I want to be that? No, <laughs> absolutely not. But I wanted to be there for them if they needed me. And so um, I think my players have taught me a lot about patience. I think my players have taught me a lot about uh, caring for individuals. Um, they taught me how to handle losing. <laughs> Because it's funny, you know, as a coach, it's your life a lot of times. And a lot of, you know, we might lose a tough game and 30 minutes after the game, the players have forgotten about it. You know, I'm going to take it home with me. It's going gonna, it's gonna to run my next two or three days. But in 30 minutes, it's over for them. Uh, maybe right after the game, it's over for them. Um, so, you know, they, they taught me that there, there is more to the sport than just winning and losing. Um, it is about relationships. And, uh, you know, I, I was very honored when I had my last game this year and to see the number of guys that came back. Obviously, it had to mean something to them or they wouldn't have come back that day. And, and I don't think it was so much of coming back to see me. I think it was more to coming back and seeing the family, you know, the guys that they played with, the guys that continue to play after they left. And, and that's what I like to see. I like to see uh, the players that come back to games and, and enjoy and try to connect with this generation of players. And, and so it is a family. And, you know, I hope we can continue that through the years. And I'm sure Coach Placeris has realized it because he's been part of us. 
and and I think he'll carry that on. And talk a little bit about that handing the reins over to him. Oh man, if um, you know, I have two sons myself. I mean, um, my wife and I have two boys together, and. Uh, uh, one of them's a baseball coach, Jason, who played here, and the other one's Wes, a basketball coach who played here. For some reason, they both got into coaching. Um, but, you know, if I didn't have one of them to come back and take my place, I would want it to be one of my players. And uh, Coach Raul Placeris, uh, I recruited him as a junior college player. He went more of the non-traditional route to Maryville. Uh, but came in and played for me for two years. Uh, we had a great re- coach-player relationship. Um, I continued to stay in touch with him and help him through his career because he wanted to be a basketball coach, was a very good high school coach. Um, and and then I had an opportunity. I knew as I got older, one thing is that you, you just lose the energy level, you know, and, and it requires so much. And, and, and I knew I needed somebody to come in and that could ignite that kind of passion that you want your players to see. And, and Raul is that person. Uh, he's very passionate about the game. He's very passionate about his relationship with the kids. And uh, I think he's very passionate about his and mine relationship. Um, you know, I want to give him room to let him do his thing now because he will do a good job, but he will do it his way and he should do it his way. You don't, as a coach, you don't want to be someone that you're not, you know? And, and so Raul will do a good job of that. Um, but I hope that I can still have my relationship, my personal relationship with him as a good friend and almost as one of my own sons, you know, he's, he's that kind of person to me. And, I know he'll do a good job because he, he cares about the, his players and, and he loves the game. As you look back, either as a coach or athletic director or both, what are you most proud of? Oh, uh, you know, I'm most proud of where we are today. And, um, you know, now that I've stepped down from coaching, I've really lost my mind and I'm into fundraising. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I I want to see our facilities um, be brought up a little bit to the level I think that our our athletes deserve. And so, um, I mean, we started with alumni gym and the baseball facility, and and now we're going to move to the lower field complex and see if we can get that built to take care of the soccer athletes, the softball athletes, and the tennis athletes. And then it'll be time to go to Cooper and and see if we can get that building in order. But uh, I am proud that we compete for championships. I I like the type of people that we are graduating from the athletic department. Uh, I've always believed in the mission of this college. I think we do a great job in preparing young people for their next step in life, whatever that may be. Um, I think that the athletic department blends very well with what the college is wanting. And uh, I think our coaches work well with the faculty and vice versa. Um, And I I just, 
I, I like the direction that this college is going right now. So I'm very happy just to say that I had one small part of that um, because it, it, it does require a lot of people. And, uh, you know, from, from the maintenance to housekeeping to the cabinet, uh, to our board. Um, so, um, I, I'm, I'm so glad that, uh, I have been a part of it and, uh, will continue to be as, as long as I'm physically, able, I guess, physically and mentally able. Well, and you mentioned <laughs> fundraising. Tell us a little bit about your, your new role that you're now in. Um, well, I, my official title is the Athletics Campaign Coordinator. And um, uh, again, I'm just trying to uh, raise some money and it's gonna be substantial. Um, I mean, we just invested close to $4 million for the renovation of Alumni Gym and building the baseball facility for their locker room. Um, but, you know, what I like is that the college set a standard by doing this, and it's it's done, it's first class. I mean, we've had a lot of people see the baseball facility and and uh, they say that, you know, this is like a lot of uh, pro locker rooms, the minor league locker rooms, division one locker rooms. And, and so, um, you know, I think our kids deserve that. And, you know, I've always heard you want to try to leave a place a little better than you mm -hmm. found it. Well, it was in a pretty good condition when I got here. And I, I hope just to make it a little bit better. You know, people, uh, they still refer to Cooper as the new gym. Right. Because alumni gym, and I'm sick and tired of people asking me if I played there. No, I did not. <laughs> uh, but, you know, um, next year, Cooper will be 50 years old. And that's hard to believe. And, and, it, and what people don't realize is that we built that gym or when we built it and when it opened in 1970, uh, we had no women's sports at that time. And they really hadn't planned on the addition of women's sports. They basically built that facility for the six sports that we had, all men's. And now we've got 14 sports. And now we've got men and women. Right. Now we've got close to 320, one third of our, maybe, close to a third of our student population participating in sports. So um, it is important to this college that we get those facilities on par with, with everything else, just like we need to invest into the science building in its time. So we've got some big projects on the horizon, and, and I just hope that um, I can help raise some money to get those done. You talked a lot about how Maryville College does a good job of preparing students for what's next. How have you seen that in your everyday life here on campus? Well, I, I see it when they come back. You know, I, I don't see it so much when they leave. You know, um, I, one thing I've enjoyed as a coach is watching them come in as freshmen, you know, 18, 19 years old, and then see what they look like and how they've developed and matured, hopefully, uh, by the time that they graduate. So you see that, and then you see them uh, make that next step into a career uh, or go on to more college, uh, depending on what they want to do. Uh, you see them get into their serious relationships with their significant other and 
Mary and that type thing. You see them come back with their children, which I love, absolutely love, you know, because they, <laughs> every now and then it reminds me of some of the things I had to tell them that I hear them tell their <laughs> children. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, you see it when they come back. And, and not only do you see how they've developed, but you see how much this place means to them. And, and you, can, you can feel it. You can feel it. And I love walking them around campus because I'm proud of, of where we were and where we are today. And, and um, you know, I'm very proud of that. In, in the 1980s, people don't realize, I mean, we got below 500 students. And, and you know, it was, it was a serious time for the college. Um, and I was a part of that. And then to see us continue to grow to where we now hopefully will be twelve to thirteen hundred next year, um, you know that that's that feels good, and you can see those people and the look on their face when when they get to see this place. And so um, you know I know that it means a lot to a lot of people out there, and um, you know I'm just glad to have been a part of it. Our alumni are a passionate group. Yes. Talk about the interactions you've had with them over the years and their support of the college and not just athletics, but overall. Right. Um, well, it, it's, you see it every day. Um, and now I'm able to see it by their monetary gifts. I'm able to see it by their giving of time and their service to the college. Um, but you do see how much this place means to them. And, um, you know, I, I think it's important that, um, you know, I call it giving your time, your talents, and your treasures. And you, you see people doing that in so many different ways. KT Week, Ken Takahashi Week, when they come back and they actually put on their overalls and get out and work for the college. the baseball field last year. Yes, they did. <laughs> they, they just do all kinds of good things, good projects for the college. And so, um, you know, it's fun. I, I have homecoming's the best time of, of my life. You know, uh, since I've retired, you know, my wife, Lainey, of course, she's now working on our traveling schedule, you know, to go see places and so on. I said, Homecoming, I'll be here. You mean I have to be here for every... Yes, you have to be here for every homecoming because it's so much fun to see people come back, to hear their stories, uh, to laugh, uh, to cry, uh, but there's just so many emotions that take place on that day. And with the 200th anniversary that we're experiencing right now, uh, I hope everybody comes back this year for homecoming. And that's our last question. We ask this of everyone on the podcast. Our bicentennial tagline this year has been noble, grand, and true. What do those mean, words mean to you? Well, I think it, it explains the heritage of, of our college. Um, you know, I'm getting choked up, uh, but it, it, it means so much to me. Um, you know, I, I have a, I have Howie Howie Chill Howie in my mind when I think of that. But um, you know, I, I think this place 
is very noble in in a lot of people's minds. It is grand. It is true. And 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 I think the word true may mean more to me than anything else, uh, because I think we are true to our mission. I think we are true to our students and our alumni. Uh, I think we are very visible in what we try to do to carry on um, the tradition. And, you know, I'd like to think that it's a, um, it is a noble tradition. And I think that, um, you know, as we continue to move forward, everybody can understand why we invest back into Maryville College, which with however we can. So, um, you know, it means a lot to me. It means a lot to so many people, and I, I hope it will continue to through the years. Well, Randy, thank you for being with us today. It's a pleasure talking to you. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Chilhowee Chat is brought to you by the Maryville Fund. The Maryville Fund supports Maryville College's most pressing needs, including student scholarships, library resources, and faculty professional development. Gifts to the Maryville Fund are applied where they will benefit students and faculty in the most significant and immediate ways. That means you can make an immediate impact on the Maryville College experience today by making a safe, secure online donation to the Maryville Fund at maryvillecollege.edu slash give today.